Hello and welcome to Stew on This. I'm Stu Bittman. This episode is called No Worries. There's a quote that has been popping in and out of my mind a lot lately. It's generally attributed to Mark Twain. The quote is, I have been through some terrible things in my life, some of which actually happened. Twain was apparently referring to worrying and that most of the things that he worried about in his life didn't happen. And I pretty much can say the same thing about my life. At the moment, however, there are quite a few terrible things that are actually happening. In addition to the state of California pretty much being on fire, one of those fires affecting where my daughter lives, we've got hurricanes going in other parts of the country, in addition to the things that have been going on for months now, which uh, have become a little closer to home. Last week in my podcast, I made a bold pronouncement that if one of my loved ones was dying, there was no way anybody could keep me from her. Well... A couple hours later, I went to visit my mom and found her on the floor. She's had a bit of a relapse in her recovery from a broken hip, and uh, we made the tough decision to send her back to the hospital. So right now she's in rehab, and we cannot see her. So, like a huge gust of wind in a brush fire, things uh, have flared up for me, and I've been experiencing new waves of anger and sadness and frustration for... uh, for a world that would keep me from my mom at a time like this. Anyway, these feelings seem really, seem really authentic to me and human and even valuable because um, they let me know that it's okay to vent and to cry and to express and to do all the things that I've been doing. It's all okay pretty much until I stop feeling these things and start thinking about them. Because once I start doing that, it's just a hop, skip, and a jump away from worrying. Terrible things are actually happening, but Twain's quote still helps me. Things are bad enough without me making them worse in my mind by worrying about them. Things are bad enough without me making them worse by creating even more terrible things for the future that may or may not happen and then allowing those stories that I'm creating to affect my state of consciousness now. Oh my gosh, there's a lot to be concerned about in the world right now. I think there are very few of us that would want to live in a world forever in which we fear and shun each other, in a world of masks and isolation, uh, you know, a world without hugs or without seeing each other's faces or without being able to be with each other at the most important times of life, whether it's celebrating the joys or comforting each other in the more difficult moments. I mean, I'm concerned that the main reasons that both COVID and the wildfires in California, wildfires, excuse me, in California have reached uh, biblical proportions is that we as humans have attempted to micromanage the universe uh, for generations out of expedience, out of greed, and out of a very limited perspective. And... (laughs) Even scarier of a concern for me is that we don't seem to grasp this is what's happening even now. Well, I'm not only, cons- I'm not only concerned about these things, I find them completely unacceptable. I- I'm deeply concerned about the direction the world seems to be going. <sighs> but for me to have any chance of contributing to a different direction... <laughs> I have to avoid this jump from being concerned to being worried. Worry is not the same as concerned. 
when I'm concerned, I can still have at least one toe in the present moment and therefore have some access to my values, to my principles, to my inner strengths, to the guidance I always find from within so I can actually focus on solutions. Worry, on the other hand, disconnects me from all of that. It has me focusing on exactly what I don't want so I'm certain to notice what I don't want just in case it shows up. <laughs> if I could stay in concern, I'm going to have a much better chance of notice, noticing something I do want just in case that shows up. Well, from concern, I can actually take effective action. From worry, about the best I can usually do is to complain about how there's nothing I can do. Gosh, from concern, I can remember all the other times in my life that something terrible seemed to be happening and it turned out to be among the best things that ever happened. Well, Brenna expresses concern. <laughs> she doesn't like thunderstorms. She, she looks and acts concerned during thunderstorms, but I doubt she worries about the possibility of, you know, that thunderstorm lasting forever. And I doubt she ever thinks about thunderstorms when there are no thunderstorms happening. So as soon as the thunderstorm stops, she's as free as a bird. Hmm. Gosh, I can learn a lot from that. It's interesting that the word worry originally meant to strangle. <laughs> and it's really interesting because a lot of times in these past few months when I haven't felt like strangling somebody else, I've often felt strangled myself. Neither one of those feelings is like, can I describe as feeling good or feeling free? So, I've been doing a lot of work to stay out of worry, and I want to share some of the things that worked, that have worked for me. The first thing that I do to stay out of worry is to be grateful. I have talked about this in almost every single podcast I've done. Even in the midst of terrible things actually happening, there are countless things to be grateful for. And as soon as I shift my focus to them, I find it nearly impossible to worry about what I don't want. This is an example of action that I can always take, and action in general is a great way to keep me out of worry. Pat Schroeder, who was a American congresswoman years ago said, you can't wring your hands and roll up your sleeves at the same time. <laughs> That's a cool quote. It's been a source of frustration at times for me uh, when I believe that there's nothing for me to do, but there's always something for me to do. For me, I always find consolation and a relief from worry when I actually give away my gifts, when I record these podcasts, when I do my coaching calls, when I serve in any way, and we all have gifts to share. But an action that's always possible, especially when I think there's nothing I can do, especially when I realize I'm feeling strangled, is to feed the good wolf, to nurture my soul, to do something to add to my gas tank of resilience. So besides engaging in things that I know will help fill my gas tank, there are countless opportunities for me to feed the good parts of me, to feed the good wolf, if only because there are so many opportunities to feed the other wolf. <laughs> for instance, when I find myself worrying about not having the resilience or the strength to face the future, 
I could turn around and instead focus and appreciate the strengths that I have obviously exhibited that have gotten me to this point. Always two ways of looking at things. Or when I find myself thinking I should be stronger or I should be doing this or I should be doing that, I can give myself love and compassion or at least give those questioning, doubting, more fearful parts of myself some more compassion and love. I can give those pieces of myself love and compassion from my stronger pieces. You know what? Even if I can't see exactly how things are going to change for the future, I always feel more hopeful when I have fed the good wolf. When I look deeply within, I see pretty clearly that most of my worries stem from the feeding of the quote-unquote darker pieces of me. When I feed the pieces of me that still lean toward divisiveness and judgment and separation and overwhelm and futility and even hate, wow, I realize these are the very things I tend to judge in others and in the world right now. I am deeply concerned about these things, so I'll continue to focus on transforming them within myself. I have a feeling this will leave me little time to worry, which is good, because whenever I'm in worry mode, <laughs> I only seem to want to transform those things in you. Hmm. Eckhart Tolle wrote in one of his books that what the future holds for us depends on our state of consciousness now. I'm going to repeat that. What the future holds for us depends on our state of consciousness now. So for those of us who hold a dream for the future that is perhaps 180 degrees diametrically opposed to the current direction of things, I'd say it's up to us to stay concerned and to stay out of worry. Because worry is about the most potent dream killer I know of. Stew on that. And I'll see you next week.